0: Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, across the world and the universe. Welcome to my Quantum Living Podcast, where we talk about everything and anything at the intersection of science and spirituality. I'm your host, Anna Anderson, Quantum Coach, Reiki Master, Intuitive Counselor, and above all, an inquisitive soul. Since my early childhood, I've been on the quest to find out how life really works, And the best clue I've got so far is the sacred alchemy of physics and metaphysics, science and spirituality, mind, body and spirit which together reveal the truths we all want to know. Who am I? Why am I here? What is life all about? How can I live my life to realize my highest potential with fulfillment, prosperity and joy? How can I manifest what I want? I'd love to share with you on this podcast what I have learned over the years and bring you inspiring conversations with my guests who will share their expertise as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Okay, let's begin. Hello and welcome back to Quantum Living. Today's episode is one of the nine weekly bonus episodes I am releasing during the Christmas and New Year festive season. In addition to the regular episodes coming out every second Wednesday, these bonus episodes were first published on my podcast a few years ago, and later on, at some point, they were removed from the RSS feed as the production was somewhat outdated. I have now decided to bring them back to you, refreshed and remastered in line with my current production framework. The quality of the conversations, insight, humor and deep thought, however, is the same. You might notice perhaps a different style of my interviewing, a different pace or approach, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. After all, This is not about me, but about the contribution of those guests to the narrative of the intersection of science and spirituality in the field of their expertise. What they have shared with me and you on these podcasts is timeless, relevant, often profound, entertaining and fun. (laughs) So sit back, and enjoy these bonus interviews. And if you like, please drop me a line on my podcast website about your experience. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, let's begin. Okay, today we have a very special episode. I trust that I find you in good spirit, literally, and I bless you from the bottom of my heart, in your good health, abundance, loving connections with others, and the peace of mind. If you are intrigued by the title of this episode and why I am blessing you from the start, you will be captivated by what you are going to hear. There is so much more to a blessing than you have ever thought. Our very special guest, Pierre Pradervand, will explain it all. But first, allow me to introduce him. Pierre is a sociologist, author, spiritual thinker, speaker and workshop leader. He grew up in London and Geneva and studied at the Universities of Geneva, Bern, and at the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, before receiving a doctorate in sociology from La Sorbonne University. He has written 16 books, the most acclaimed of which are The Gentle Art of Blessing, 365 Blessings to Heal Myself and the World, Messages of Life from Death Row, and Listening to Africa. Pierre has lived in or visited 40 countries across every continent. He is based in Geneva, where he writes and runs personal development workshops on how to live a simple yet enriched life incorporating spirituality. And that, my friends, is Quantum Living. As you have guessed, of course, from the title of the show, today we'll talk about the power of blessing. Hello, Pierre. Welcome to Quantum Living. Thank you so much for your time, and it is such a pleasure to have you on my show.
1: Hello, Anna. It's such a joy for me. Speaking to people, communicating, sharing, is the greatest joy in my life. I've been so looking forward to talking to friends in Australia. I visited your country many, many years ago, and I love your country and your people.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you, Pierre. So let's dive right into it. Blessing has been a universal spiritual practice of humankind since time immemorial. There are many forms of blessings – Christianing a brand new ship with a bottle of champagne smashed on its hull. Housewarming party with some green plants brought in for good luck. Blessing of the food we are about to eat. Blessing of the land to produce good crops. A tradition of blessing someone or something, that is, of giving them a positive energy, is widespread. To set the scene for our conversation, I would like to read the opening of your book, The Gentle Art of Blessing, as I think it beautifully captures the essence of your message about blessings. How do you stay spiritually centered in the middle of a noisy street? Or in a smoke-filled restaurant? In a packed subway with a drunkard shouting incoherently at you how do you keep your spiritual poise during a transatlantic flight with a baby in the seat behind you crying its heart out how do you keep your calm when someone insults you without reason Or when a careless driver slams into the side of your new car? How does one feel love rather than pity in a refugee camp with hundreds of starving children pulling at your clothes? Or when the TV news bursts into your living room with pictures of the latest massacre on the other side of the globe? or when a dictator pours insult and abuse on your country. This book aims to show that spirituality is not a concept to be debated abstractly, but a transforming power that has meaning only when it is lived daily. So, Let's start with the most difficult question, Pierre. What is blessing?
1: I love that question. I guess my my idea is that blessing is one of the oldest spiritual practices of humankind. If we can imagine now ancestors of hundreds of thousands of years ago getting acclimatized to the globe, living in caves with all sorts of menacing forces around them. But also, when they started agriculture, gratitude for rain and sun that made their plants grow, gratitude for children coming on earth. And I imagine these people started expressing gratitude and, and thanking these unknown forces that also brought positive elements into their lives. And little by little, as religions were structured structured all around the world, people started doing this in a more formal manner. And then in the Jewish tradition, and then later in the Christian tradition, this became very much a part of church services. And uh, it also became very ritualized and sometimes rather mechanical and formal. And as often in liturgical practices, the form dominated over the heart. And I was raised myself in in a church. My father was a minister, so I, I even studied theology, two years theology before sociology. So I have quite an understanding of how religions and churches function. And blessing tended to become rather mechanical. And the power of blessing is in the heart. It is a 100% heart practice that doesn't need any religious or churchy setting. It can be done anywhere, at any time, in any circumstances. And the importance is the spontaneity and the deep, deep sincerity. Mary Baker Eddy, who's a thinker I, I have studied and appreciated One said a sentence that helped me through one of the darkest phases of my life. A deep sincerity is sure of success because God takes care of it. So blessing for me is something very simple, very natural Mm -hmm. that you can do in any situation.
0: Beautifully said. So, how did the concept of blessing become so strong in your life and in your teachings?
1: Ah, that is a very important and interesting question. Because you know, I was raised, and I, at the time, I discovered blessing. I was a member of a spiritual movement, but there wasn't any emphasis whatsoever on blessing. And then I was living. I was working for a group of NGOs in Switzerland. I just come back from Africa, and I'd been uh, offered the opportunity to start a program on information on third world issues on developing countries for the schools. And I I loved my job. I just loved it. And I was so uh, entranced with my job. I had a camp bed in my office. And when I missed the last train in the evening to go home, because I live about 50 miles from where I where I worked, I would sleep in the office. And at one moment, I wanted to do a roving exhibit for schools on hunger, which is one of the world's greatest problems. Still today, 800 million people go to bed hungry every day in a world that has superabundance of food for everyone, because we throw away about one third of all the food produced on a and so I told the, my sponsors, look, I'd like to do this roving exhibit. And they said, look, Pierre, yeah, we don't have a penny for that. You'll just have to do without it. And I took out of my own savings the equivalent of, I would we'll say, in, in dollars today. I gave the equivalent of 25 to 30,000 US dollars, which I pulled out of my own savings to do this exhibit. The exhibit was applauded by my sponsors spoken about on the radio, in the newspapers, etc. And uh, at the same time, I joined, at the time I managed this roving exhibit, I joined a world campaign called the Hunger Project that had started in the United States. And the Hunger Project had a slogan, the end of hunger by the year 2000. My exhibit was ending hunger today, not by the year 2000. And my sponsors detested this this uh, American campaign uh, because it came from, maybe because it came from the States and they were sort of leftish, and suspicious of anything that came from the States. And uh, they forbid me to speak about this campaign in the schools where I was talking. And can you imagine how absurd these are? Four organizations fighting hunger in the third world, but forbidding me to speak about a world campaign against hunger. But I, I finally, I, I, I assented, but I continued using the slogan, the end of hunger for the year 2000, because I worked in Africa a long time. I was a founding member of the largest grassroots peasant movement in Africa in the 70s. And one of our grassroots organizations had the same, same slogan, the end of hunger by the year 2000. So I thought, if it's good for the African farmers, it's good for my work in the schools. And there was one guy in these four organisations who hated me. He hated my guts. He was a militant atheist, and he uh, he organised his colleagues, his three other colleagues, uh, and decided we had to, they had to get me out of my work. But as they had absolutely nothing to reproach me, on the contrary, they had applauded me for my roving exhibit on ending hunger today. They had a meeting, there were no minutes taken whatsoever, and they told me, look, either you say, you stop saying in schools that we can end hunger by the year 2000, or you quit your job. Now, can you imagine? These are four organizations fighting to end hunger in the the third world with programs to help end hunger, telling me not to speak about the end of hunger. It was absolutely absurd. And so I had a difficult choice. Either I accept something that went against my deepest convictions, or I quit my job. And so I quit my job. And of course they, they had even planned in advance that this would happen. Because they said knowing knowing Pierre's integrity, he'll quit his job. And I developed another most incredible resentment. Resentment is something that's like a rat eating your entrails. It's horrible. And it was with me from morning to night. And I was you know, animosity and uh, resentment against these four organizations, especially the guy who'd uh, concocted this whole scheme to get me out of my job. And I was praying, meditating, doing everything, my mantras, everything, nothing happened. For months, this dragged on, and I was miserable. And then one day, suddenly, the verse of Jesus, bless those who curse you. But of course, Pierre, it's so simple. All you have to do is bless them. And on the spot I started blessing them, blessing them from morning to night in their happiness, in their joy, in their health, in their finances, in their family life, in their work. And suddenly, three months later, I started doing it in the street, at the post office, in the supermarket, everywhere. And it became so joyful, Anna. And I I used to take the train a lot. I would walk along the whole train from one end to the other, blessing every single person that trade can you imagine (laughs) and I started having very new interesting powerful experience with that so that's how I discovered it
0: Mm, what a wonderful story
1: basically, we understand so little of what is happening in the universe. And the more I advance in life, the more ignorant I feel of this incredible place of such unbelievable complexity, working so incredibly well called our planet or the, world, the universe. But I do have a little understanding of love. I once had a very powerful mystical experience that has grounded my whole life and that is a basis of my whole existence. And for me, everything has become so simple since then. The only thing that counts is to grow in love. And for me, blessing is part of that growing in love.
0: Mm. Could you recount that experience Oh, That's the, the story of the vision that grounded your life, as you said.
1: Yes, Anna, with great joy. At the time, I was a member of a healing movement and I had I learned how to heal myself with purely spiritual means. And I was, I was attending uh, the board meeting of this large peasant farmer organization I mentioned a little earlier about in Burkina Faso, which is a landlocked country in the Sahel, north of Ghana. And the last day of the meeting, I caught dysentery and I started working spiritually to try to chase it. And it seemed that it had disappeared in the evening. But the next day, going to the airport, it started again. On the plane, I was working with uh, my mantras, affirmations, spiritual takes, praying, etc. And I was sitting next to an unaccompanied young boy with a little card on his chest with his name, his parents' phone number and address and all the rest. And the stewardess taking care of him was so kind, so loving. I've never seen anything like it. One would have thought he was, she was his mother. She was constantly coming to check that he was okay. And one woman, she came to, to him and she spoke to him with such gentleness. I suddenly felt such incredible gratitude for this woman. And suddenly it became a cosmic gratitude. And all of a sudden, I was mentally thrown out of the plane. I was no longer in the plane. I was no longer in time. And I was in the space where there was only the feeling of love. And I insist on the word feeling. Love was the only presence, the only power, the only law, the only substance, the only cause, the only effect. Absolutely everything was love. And the most extraordinary thing is Pierre Pradovan, had totally disappeared. I had no longer any conscious consciousness of existing as a Swiss citizen in the 40s or 50s, I don't remember, with a passport. The divine consciousness was my consciousness. And I can say that for an indeterminate period, because I was out of time, I didn't know how long it lasted, this divine consciousness was my consciousness. And it was all on the level of feeling, not thinking. And suddenly, I was black in the plane in my seat. I felt something adjusting in my entrails, and in a few seconds, the dysentery disappeared. But of course, the main healing was my vision of the world. And I now see love as this incredibly benevolent power that upholds the universe, that upholds the life of every person, and every squirrel and ant and plant of the whole universe. And love will take us home because love put us on this planet. Love is surrounding us. Love is bringing into our experience every single experience we have for our ultimate growth, however tough that experience may seem.
0: What a beautiful story, really powerful. Thank you for sharing. Pierre, you said in your book, The Gentle Art of Blessing, it is impossible to bless and judge at the same time. This reminds me of a simple exercise I teach people in my coaching program or in workshops wanting to gain control over their negative emotional states such as anger, sadness or depression, as well as habitual judgment and criticism. I'd like to share this exercise here as it beautifully illustrates the mutual exclusiveness of our positive and negative emotions. So I would say, take a few moments and bring about within you a state of anger and frustration. When you feel it, frown, look at someone in the room and say, I love you like you mean it. No one is able to do this. Now, I say, take a few moments and bring about a state of great joy and happiness and love within you and smile from the bottom of your heart. Now look at someone and still smiling say, I hate you. This is an impossible task again, usually resulting in a big laughter all around. So, as you said, it is impossible to bless and judge at the same time just like it is impossible to smile and be angry, or be angry and project love at the same time. Would you agree?
1: Well, of course, I I, I completely agree, evidently. And that's, that's the wonder of blessing, is that it may start in the mind. When I started blessing, it was in the mind to obey what I believed was a revealed commandment. But it soon went down to the heart, because blessing is 100% heart energy. But I think one thing that people with will discover, that as they continue blessing and make it a daily practice, all these negative emotions will tend to recede and ultimately discover. I'm in this privileged position of really having almost no negative emotions, even for people mm. who are not favorite people on the planet like Donald Trump. I started blessing Donald Trump when he announced his candidacy to the presidency of the United States so even before he was elected and I say to him in my in my mind, brother Donald, I really feel love for someone who is not the favorite person on the planet because that is the wonderful transformative power of blessing. It eliminates anything negative. Completely and totally.
0: How important is it to bless oneself?
1: Ah, Anna, you've laid the finger on the most important issue. (laughs) It is the most important thing. That's the postscriptum of my text on blessing. Mm. Bless lovely, beautiful person you are. That is the most important, Anna, because we can't give to others what we don't give to ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Pierre, what is your favorite blessing, if you have one, and why?
1: And it's, I went through, I spent ages last night going through my book and trying to, and there's so many I love, but there's one special one by John O'Donohue, the Irish writer and poet who's a, a master, I call John the master of blessing. His language is crafted so carefully. So let me, lead, can I lead, uh, read one? Of course, please do. It, it's As a matter of fact, it's, Day 100 in my book, 365 Blessings to Heal Myself and the World. So very easy to remember. Number 100, Blessing by John O'Donoghue. May you listen to your longing to be free. May the frames of your belonging be large enough for the dreams of your soul. May you arise each day with a voice of blessing whispering in your heart, something good is going to happen to you. May you find harmony between your soul and your life. May the mansion of your soul never become a haunted place. May you know the eternal longing that lies at the heart of time. May there be kindness in your gaze when you look within. May you never place walls between the light and yourself. May you be set free from the prisons of guilt, fear, disappointment, and despair. May you allow the wild beauty of the invisible world to gather you, mind you, and embrace you in belonging. I mean, that that blessing is just. Superb, there's one sentence, and as I reread frequently, because I'm still, I'm still working on learning to love myself, when he says, may there be kindness in your gaze when you look within. So I asked all the people listening to this program, is there kindness when you look within the beautiful person you are? And can you say even, I am beautiful? my meditation this morning i i believe that the sense of uh, identity is the most important thing on the spiritual path and this morning my meditation was is uh wait i didn't do it in french i have to translate it into to, to english i am light i am totally love i am entirely divine and i just go over these three statements very slowly, pondering them not with the mind but with the heart. I am light, I am total love, I'm entirely divine. And you just go over them and repeat that statement slowly, and little by little, you'll feel a deep sense of rest and contentment springing up inside you.
0: Mm, that's beautiful, beautiful and powerful. And I guess that this potentially would be a blessing that you would recommend everyone to give to themselves every morning.
1: You're so right, Anne. of course.
0: <laughs> it's more
1: important than breakfast. Even.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. If I may, Pierre, I would like to tell you what is my favorite blessing Yes, of course, of course. And I'll I'll tell you why. I would like to read now your blessings for the homeless, which I I especially like for two reasons. One, whenever I see a homeless person, I instinctively bless them. To me, homelessness in this day and age is one of the most inexplicable, painful, and shameful human tragedies but not shameful for the homeless person, but for everyone else that allows it. And secondly, it beautifully demonstrates your approach to blessing, which includes people and organizations connected somehow to the person or situation that you are blessing. So if you allow me, I would like to read it now. Blessing for the Homeless. I bless those whom circumstances of life have driven to live in the streets or in derelict basements and other abandoned places. I bless them in their courage to hang in there until the circumstances of their life take an upturn for the better, knowing that I may be part of that improvement. I bless the authorities of the city and small town, that they may provide shelters for the homeless. I bless restaurants and those stores which sell food, that they may donate what they no longer need to the homeless and destitute. I bless those with open hearts, who search the streets and alleys, for those who need assistance and help them find places where they can stay. I bless the employers and others who have jobs to offer that they may think also of the destitute when providing work. And above all, I bless the homeless that they may see themselves not as poor victims needing assistance, but as children of the universe, here to move the hearts of their fellow humans to deepen compassion and more active love. Thank this you. Is such a Anna. beautiful, beautiful, and very touching blessing.
1: Anna, and I would like to add, Anna, that among these homeless, there are millions of street children literally, millions. I've lived in the third world for many years and I know the plight of these children, and i on the board of an extraordinary little NGO, which has done the most incredible work in Bolivia, amongst others with these street children.
0: Mm. If
1: I may add something very important, is that when one blesses, one should never come from pity, but from compassion and love. When you come from pity, you are accepting a situation as terrible And you're accepting that the person is really suffering from that, which humanly they are. But spiritually, blessing is uplifting the person, despite whatever may appear, by seeing them as now, already now, in their divine selfhood. You never accept the appearance as a fact. You claim the spiritual perfection of the person or the situation or the event
0: that's very important i totally agree so the intention coming from the heart what else what is another ingredient of a blessing if someone would ask you someone who has never thought of a blessing being given other than by priests in church
1: it's interesting that you mentioned that because people so many people have told me, oh, but only priests can, can bless. This is ridiculous because Jesus himself was speaking to large crowds when he said, bless those who curse you. And he didn't preach blessing to to, to priests or to to whoever led the, the synagogue, the rabbis or whatever. He talked to the simple people in the street. So I would say, Well, the first ingredient is the sense of compassion, but compassion not in the sense of taking in the suffering of the other person, but projecting their wholeness in your own thought, claiming and seeing them as already the perfect child of the universe, already in their abundance, be it abundance of health, of home, of income, of whatever.
0: Absolutely. Would you say that blessing benefits you if you bless someone? Of course. And, and or the person you are blessing or both?
1: Well, evidently both. You are blessed abundantly because you are enlarging your compassion. You are extending the walls of your heart. And evidently, if we bless other people, it's because we know it's going to do them good. I have a website on blessing simply called gentleartofblessing.org, gentleartofblessing, all in one word, .org. There is a whole section on blessing, on healings, healings through blessing. And it is especially in the field of human relationships that... uh, Blessing has manifested itself to be something very powerful. But it can also, there are also wonderful examples of healing of medical problems. Could I mention one of my very, very favorite healings? Please do. This is the, the head of a large supermarket in Switzerland, who is one of the two largest supermarket chains in the whole country. And he fell into a deep depression and he had to go to clinic, and he was stuffed with all these big pharma drugs and all that stuff, and slowly, slowly he improved. And Finally, he was able to come out of clinic, and after a few weeks or months, he started sliding down back into depression, and he ran to his psychiatrist because he was so desperate. And I'd like all psychiatrists to listen to this, uh, because in Switzerland the, the, the main thing they do is just give drugs to people. And uh, his doctor said, "Look, Mr. Let's call him Ulman. Doesn't matter. Look, Mr. Ulman, I refuse to give you any drugs. This is what I'm going to prescribe to you." And he gave his client my book, "The Gentle Art of Blessing," and also a cut Tony. <laughs> book, The Power of Now.
0: Wow.
1: And the guy went home, and he read the book, and he started blessing, 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 and it completely pulled him out of his depression. And he wrote to me saying, you know, as buzz of a large supermarket store, I have opportunities the whole day to bless. I'm not yet selling my book, and I don't think many psychiatrists are distributing it, but I found it a very beautiful story.
0: Yes, it is a beautiful story and powerful too, which leads me to my next question. As I was reading your book, The Gentle Art of Blessing, which, by the way, is an absolute pleasure to read, and I would recommend everyone to get a copy because it is an experience, I think I can put it this way. So, as I was reading it, a question came up in my mind. You said across your book in a few places that it may take a long time for a blessing to take effect, and in some other places you said that it often takes a moment. I find this dichotomy quite interesting, so could you please speak to this for a moment? How long does it take for the benefits of a blessing to be noticed, to realize?
1: Yes, Anna, I love your question. I'd like to proceed my reply by saying that I believe that we live in a benevolent universe and that everything that happens to us, somehow we attract it to ourselves to, so as to grow and learn the lesson that we needed to learn. Uh, Eckhart Tolle says something similar to that when he writes that we should face every situation as if we had chosen it. So let me, for instance, when I started blessing this guy uh, this atheist guy who forced me to quit my job. It took me three years of blessing, three years of constant blessing to heal myself of any resentment. But then 10 years later, I met this gentleman in a meeting in Lausanne. I, I live in Geneva. And Ada, I felt like embracing this man and kissing him, I felt the most incredible burst of joy One of the most incredible in my whole lifetime. We had dinner together. It was very warm and cordial. And for days, my heart was singing, singing, singing. And it took me a long time to discover, but why on earth did this happen? How on earth was it possible? And I have this belief, Anna, I believe that before coming on earth, somehow we choose our incarnation. And I believe this gentleman and I, before we came on earth, we both chose our respective roles. And he chose to persecute me so that I would discover this specific, special form of blessing This that since then has touched hundreds of thousands of people around the globe. When I say that figure on the homepage of the website, There is the most beautiful, beautiful video on blessing by our webmaster, Jane Young, which has touched hundreds of thousands of people on blessing. And Hmm. there's a whole section, a whole paragraph in my text on blessing, which says this. I'll I'll read it. When something goes completely askew in your day, some unexpected event knocks down your plans, and you too also burst into blessing, for life is teaching you a lesson. And the very event you believe to be unwanted, you yourself call forth so as to learn the lesson you might balk against were you not to listen, were you not to bless it. Trials are blessings in disguise and hosts of angels follow in their path. The bell you hear is that of the little church next to my home. So I believe, you know, I chose this somehow before coming on earth to learn the specific lesson I needed to learn.
0: And that's where we pause our conversation with Pierre to end part one of this very special two-part episode. Stay tuned for part two coming soon. Don't miss it. That's all for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you really loved it, Please post a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to encourage others to listen to it. For the show notes, guest and podcast info, reviews, comments and much more, please visit quantumlivingpodcast.com. And if you'd like to dive deeper into quantum living and explore how you could work with me, please contact me and I'd be delighted to help and support you on your quantum journey. I am your host, Anna Anderson. I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode of Quantum Living. Until then, keep your vibrations high and be well.